ideas do not know about borders, the digital age is bringing these opportunities closer and at an exhilarating pace. Entrepreneurs are those who see these chances and take them. Entrepreneurs see opportunities where others see obstacles. It is being able to observe people's potential, understand society better and witness its limitless innovation, imagination. We want to show you how the digital era is changing the rules of the game in Europe and Africa by empowering millions of people, people who, just like you, are changing the world. Let us embark on this journey that will present you with the ecosystem disruptors that are building bridges between startup, ecosystems, and entrepreneurs. Join the Africa Berlin Network. This is Spotlight Entrepreneurship, brought to you by Impact, empowering entrepreneurship. Dear audience, thank you for joining and tuning into this podcast. This is the first chapter of Spotlight Entrepreneurship Podcast. My name is Eric Mudoga. I will be your host, and it is my pleasure to bring to you the chapter, thanks to the Africa Berlin Network. Just to mention what the Africa Berlin Network is, it is a project funded by the European Fund for Regional Development as part of the Union's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. It is supported by the Berlin Senate Department for Economy, Energy and Public Enterprises, and is implemented by NPACT in close cooperation with Berlin Partner along with the ever-growing support of our stakeholders. Today's topic, we're going to talk about um, the tech scene in Africa and the ecosystem in general. And with me, I have a guest, um, Caitlin Nash, who's actually going to talk to us about this tech system and what is it about Africa and the tech uh, ecosystem? Why Africa and what it's all about? So, um, Caitlin, I see that you're very active all over the continent. Um, how did this start? Tell us a bit more about your story. I've had an interesting journey myself. Um, you'll often find that most people who work in the tech ecosystem don't initially start there but they end up there. And my journey was no different. I spent close to a decade working in government in South Africa and spent a lot of time working on climate change projects around independent power, uh, a lot on public participation processes around buildings and developments, on waste management. And then I moved on and worked for quite a long time with local government, which is municipalities. And in South Africa, as elsewhere in Africa, municipalities are responsible for all services that towns and cities need, hospitals, disaster management, education, roads. And I had the full exposure of what it took to create an economically vibrant and prosperous society at a ground level. When I left and ended off my time in the government sector, um, I really wanted to move into projects that we could pioneer ourselves or that I could pioneer in the private sector market. And it was quite a natural transition to go from working in community development into entrepreneurship, into innovation. For those who have had a similar path, they, they will understand. It's been almost a decade that I've been working in tech ecosystem building and supporting tech entrepreneurs to scale. And I think what has made my journey unique is that blend between a government development framework combined with quite a competitive, adventurous 
tech mindset, tech entrepreneur mindset. And with that, I think all the projects I've been involved with, we've really sought to focus on the tech that would have an impact to the continent. So looking as tech as a vehicle to attract investment into Africa, not just South Africa, but into Africa broadly, and looking at the fact that we are going to have one of the largest free trade markets in the world between the inter-trade opportunities across the continent. And really, the tech ecosystem is where we see the most investment coming into the continent. It's where we see the most jobs being created. Some of our demographics here are really paving the way for Africa to be the tech continent of the future. And I'm a very purpose-driven person. And that's been the result of one good project that's led to another that's led to supporting an entire continent. Well, that's very interesting. Um, A question just comes off my mind. Um, What does the future of Africa look like with this uh, tech revolution? And what is this tech revolution? Most people don't seem to understand what it is. Yeah, it's a very good question. Um, One that would probably make a really good LinkedIn post. So I'll give it my best shot. Uh, I read a while ago, somebody deep in the ecosystem who, uh, to my regret, I can't quote right now, but they were speaking about super apps and they were saying, imagine or think of a super app that exists at the moment, the world's biggest app. Now times that by a hundred and that's what the opportunity in Africa looks like. It's food for thought. So what has happened with Africa is that we've always been slightly behind the rest of the world um, in commercial development. And I won't go down the road of politics now, but where that has left us is that we've been waiting for infrastructure to catch up. Now we're seeing Google laying down infrastructure across the continent. And as more communities become digitally connected, you are now seeing enormous amounts of the population in Africa who now need to be serviced with digital services. So the future of Africa is looking at a couple of things. Uh, I think 60% of the world's arable land is here in Africa. So Africa will continue to feed the world into the future. 66% of Africa is still unbanked. So needing to get formalized banking functional across the continent. Also looking at the fact that two thirds of the world's youth are going to come from the continent. And what that means is that the working force of the future will come from Africa. So when you say, what does the future of Africa look like? You're talking about a bigger commercial market than you've ever seen before. You know, we've got the African continental free trade area that has come into effect. And what that means once it is fully operationalized is that not only will we have the biggest free trade market in the world, but we will also have some of the fastest growing city economies from a GDP driver point of view on the continent. And that's why we're seeing a tremendous shift in international focus onto Africa. Africa is known as a final frontier market and the opportunities are limitless right now, meaning that those who are problem solvers, innovators, pioneers, builders, Africa is pretty much where they're going to want to be for the next couple of decades. Thanks so much. That's uh, very interesting just to hear about the continent and where it's going. Now, Caitlin, I see that you have a competition where you select the best startups from Africa. Could you just tell us more about this? Yes. You know, I think the success of any ecosystem is structured partners uh, or structured partnerships. 
it's not enough to just be having loose verbal collaborations with people. And I think anyone in any industry will know that. Part of having a structured global ecosystem where Africa meets the world and the world meets Africa, um, we've managed over the years to build a number of global partnerships, such as the one we're building now with the African Berlin Network. Um, a couple of years ago, we were able to connect with the Global Startup Awards, which was founded by two co-founders, one from Denmark and one from Budapest. The most famous Global Startup Awards chapter is the Nordics. Um, it's very well known around the world for the type of technologies that surface out of that area and how they are celebrated. But at its core, the Global Startup Awards is the largest independent startup competition in the world. And we've had the privilege of expanding that competition to Africa across 55 countries on the continent. So in on the 14th of June, after two COVID extended years of scouting and searching and building communities across the continent, we're going to be hosting the very first inaugural Global Startup Awards Africa Summit, where we'll be awarding um, the top tech innovators on the continent with the prize of Best Startup in Africa. So it's, it's very exciting. Um, you know, we, we decided to drive this initiative forward in order to raise visibility of innovation in Africa and really to create a connected innovation community on the continent. Uh, entrepreneurs here, innovation entrepreneurs on the continent here are no different elsewhere. They need visibility, they need market access, and they need funding. And the competition mechanism has really proven to be extremely effective in its simplicity of connecting funds, investors, programs, startups, and ecosystem partners together. Uh, we've had thousands of startups enter. We run across five regions. We run 12 categories. Uh, we've had 60 African finalists. And on the 14th of June, we'll announce the 12 African winners. I'm really looking forward to that. And um, it's interesting to see that there's actually a form of motivation and just encouraging the tech space to actually grow. Um, so based on that, um, how did you choose the different uh, entrepreneurial hubs or did you just directly invite entrepreneurs in the tech space to apply? We did both. <laughs> One thing you will learn very quickly about Africa is that we do everything in parallel. I heard a very good story a while ago saying that in, in well-resourced economies where an entrepreneur has the luxury of a single focus, such as Europe and America and potentially even Asia, parts of Asia, um, innovators and entrepreneurs have the luxury to focus on developing one specific element. In Africa, because of the variables we deal with, from fluctuating energy to resources to currency exchange um, challenges, you will find that most entrepreneurs on the continent have to do many things. And, and they are termed parallel entrepreneurs. And I thought that was brilliant because you will find people in Africa resourceful and very innovative in the way that they think and how they manage resources. And in fact, that too has an official term from African innovation. It's called frugal innovation, meaning that innovators in the continent tend to innovate with less resources faster, which makes them typically more scalable um, at less cost. So that's interesting. So when it came to scouting and sourcing for, for startups, it was a challenge in the sense that while we have the kings which is Kenya, Ivory Coast, Nigeria, Ghana, and South Africa, 
who typically tend to be the major tech countries on the continent. There were many, many almost undiscovered continents from the sense of global visibility. And it truly was our mission to go and connect with partners there to bring them into the network. So we partnered with innovation hubs, corporates, universities, banks. Um, we were very fortunate to unearth truly vibrant but disconnected communities in, in certain countries um, across the continent. We did do a general digital marketing call out. Um, we were able to work with our global partners and we also had various categories. So we had an ESG tech cluster. So that's environmental, social and governance. We had a woman in tech category, health tech, commerce tech, agri tech, industrial tech. And then we had our ecosystem categories, startup of the year, best newcomer, founder, et cetera, et cetera. But what was interesting is what has surfaced from the winners is that they ha are all extremely aligned to the SDGs. So there's a tremendous focus on the sustainable development goals and growing and nurturing high impact startups that are aligned to the SDGs. That's amazing. It's totally amazing. And it's really exciting to see that. So, um, Caitlin, um, it's interesting. You had mentioned challenges and failures. Um, I'm interested to um, ask you about just to share, even if it's one, a challenge or a failure uh, based on what we've just talked about um, that you faced even with this uh, expansion and support that you're doing to the tech space. Oh, that's a good question. I also heard an amazing anecdote the other day. I'm full of stories. I I'm a storyteller at heart, I must be honest. Oh, and, I love stories. <laughs> <laughs> and this man said, being, um, he loves being an entrepreneur. And I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I have this innovation engagement agency called Loudhaler. We also work on the Blockchain Research Institute Africa. We run the Global Startup Awards and we have a couple of health tech endeavors here on the continent. But um, this man said to me, you know, being an entrepreneur is great. It's like riding a bicycle, except the bicycle's on fire. In fact, now that I think about it, everything's on fire all the time. <laughs> Just putting that picture in my mind, <laughs> a bicycle on fire. Oh my God. Yeah, and you're riding through with this bicycle that's on fire and everything around you is on fire. And that's kind of the, the exhilaration of being an entrepreneur. So uh, mistakes that I've made, challenges I've had, um, plenty, plenty. I think, I think the biggest thing is that you've got to accept failing all the time because you do. Um, and it's about failing, what do they say? Failing forward and failing fast. And that, that is a truth as much as it, as it is a cliche. I think some of the mistakes that I've made before is while there are massive market opportunities, you've got to build teams that are strong enough to service that market opportunity. And I think there was a time in my own business where the market opportunity was bigger than the strength and size of our own delivery teams. And I think that's probably the biggest thing about Africa is you can close all the business and you can close all these projects, but building the teams and building talent is something you really, really have to invest in, um, I think across the globe. But those companies that succeed in Africa will be the ones that have really well-trained, well-oiled teams that are able to actually capture those market opportunities. You made it look like it's a walk in the park. But no, it's a bicycle me, on fire. <laughs> but trust <laughs> me, that analogy will not leave my mind. <laughs> so um, I just want to thank you for being part of this podcast. And um, 
how can someone get in touch with you? Do you have a social media channel or social media handle that people can get in touch with you? If anyone would like to get in touch with me directly, um, you can search for me on LinkedIn. I'm Caitlin Nash, and that's Caitlin with a C. And the company that I am primarily known for is Loud Hailer, which is the British name for a megaphone. So Loud Hailer, L-O-U-D-H-A-I-L-E-R. And I'm Caitlin at theloudhailer.org. And Eric, I'd like to thank you and the entire organization behind the African Berlin Network. I must say I shared with the team that I had um, indicated that we were participating in the program. And I had over 55,000 views of my LinkedIn post and hundreds and hundreds of messages from Africans seeking to, uh, Africans and people from Berlin seeking to strengthen the ties and the trade channels between Africa and Berlin. So I honestly think this is a much needed initiative that is going to absolutely flourish. Thank you for joining another edition of Spotlight Entrepreneurship brought to you by Impact. We're looking forward to having you again during our next chapter, where we will continue sharing stories about people who, just like you, are building bridges between Europe and Africa. Remember to share with us your opinions and suggestions for the next chapters. Until next time.